Welcome to Well Played Podcast, the show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network, and we are so thrilled to be part of it. So let's dive into this season five, episode 36. Today, we are talking about a boss battle. Now, this is something I'm going to actually run this week. It is a course that I'm working on for EMC2, but I thought I'd kind of give you a little insight, a little quick preview of how I run a boss battle. And one, let's get right out of the way. What is a boss battle? Now, in, in a video game sense, a boss battle is that big to-do, that thing that you do at the end. You know, you slaved away, you, you beat every of the little monsters throughout the, the uh, level, and now you find yourself at the end, and you're, face, you're facing off against the boss, the big baddie, if you will. And it's, uh, it, it, there's a sensation of pride there, and I wanted to build in some of these same components, and you'll see this as, you know, the muse here. Uh, But if you're thinking about doing a boss battle, I strongly urge you to do it. Do it right now. Even if you don't have a fully gamified class, this is such a fun thing because it goes back to something I used to say when I I went and presented. I I used to always use this analogy of a home-cooked meal, that your kids feel, taste, the experience just that much better when they know it was made by you. It was made from love, right? So I think we've abdicated some of our responsibility of play as well as purpose to some of these ed tech companies like, you know, these big review game companies. And while they're good, it's not, it doesn't beat the home cooked meal. Those are fast food at best. So think of things you could do. I mean, sometimes I've talked about an ed tech twist. Can you take an already produced game? Can you take one of those educational companies and fuse it into something that's uniquely yours, your experience for your kids? I, I contend you can. So let's get down to how I run my boss battle here in my game. The boss battle uh, for me, here's the breakdown. I used to do it where you're always facing the big baddie, right? And it just felt like it dragged on, you know, this constant like fighting and die rolling, fighting and die rolling. Then I decided, let's give it that progression feel, right? Where people feel like they went through the level, they beat the baddies and they got to the big boss. So here's how it would be when my kids come in. They would see up on the board, they would see... Uh, that we're in the preparation phase. This is the first phase of my game. The preparation phase is short. I have a timer up. They have like two to maybe four minutes. And what they have to do is total up their BP. Now, this is something I have in my gamified class. In my gamified class, my students are earning some items and power-ups. A bunch don't have BP, but some do. And BP stands for battle points. It was kind of a nonviolent way to include some sort of weapons in my game. So these battle points, you know, you kind of want to amass. It's really like XP. You want to amass the most battle points because they unlock certain powers and things in a game. So they're totaling up their BP. And 
then I eventually ask for a report out and I run this like a game. I mean, my kids know I run it like I am the Xbox itself. Uh, at the point of me asking them to report their BP total, if they do not give it back to me, we'll say within like, I don't know, like three or four seconds, then their score is zero. That sounds crazy, but I actually want this intensity. I want this like feel. And so students are like hoping kids get to class on time. They've already pre-totaled up who's there, even if a student's missing and they know they want to argue with me that like, hey, but Susie's not here and she's coming, but she was delayed from gym or whatever. Boom. Doesn't matter. They know the moment I say like team one, what do you got? They better shoot out a number and they do. And it, it actually adds to that intensity. Now, what do I use all this 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 BP totals for? It is what I call the BP line. And this, this might be one of my greatest creations. <laughs> I don't know if you guys will see it this way, but I love it. Uh, what, we're going to take a little pause here. When you're designing a game, one of the biggest holdups that people have, one of the biggest trip-ups they have is deciding values and like so if you're gonna have gold in your game then they're like well, what's an item worth do they pay 10 gold 20 gold a thousand gold a million gold you know that becomes a problem that becomes a thing or levels in your game do i set it that every hundred points they go up another level is it every thousand points is it every ten thousand is it every million you can see it it produces um i guess designer anxiety and when I was doing these boss battles and I have this BP and they have these totals and the first iteration of it, I just would pick a number. I would just say you have to be above, you know, 500 BP uh, or else this, this bad thing's going to happen. And the problem was I had no idea. I mean, I don't know what my kids have and if it's even distribution between groups and all this other stuff. So instead, I hold that information myself and when I ask the BP totals, I get them from my students and I write them down and then I announce what the BP line is. And this takes away that designer anxiety because I can kind of set the variable for them. I can kind of say, hey, cool, it was 575. That means three of your groups achieved enough and one fell, you know, just 100 points short. Maybe, you know, do another side quest next time. That'd be great. It also allows you to expand throughout the year. This BP line, is it's flexible. I don't know if that made sense here in a podcast. I wish I could have some visuals and show you some things here, but um, that's what BP's for me. The other thing I want to make sure is done in that preparation phase is for me, like while they're counting up, one of the things I'm doing is I'm getting set up for the encounter, our first encounter. That is my version of defeating all the little baddies through a level. I have a a first encounter and a second encounter, and then ultimately the third encounter, which is the big, big boss. And the first encounter, what I to set up for it, one thing, I definitely want to get on Spotify, hop on there and search up Epic Music and make sure that's playing. So definitely in my room, there's some Epic Music playing. Not too loud, but loud enough that everybody feels it and knows it's there. And then we go to the first encounter. And the first encounter for me, uh, for the last couple of years, have always been a quizzes. So here I wrapped one of those EdTech company tech tools into my boss battle. So the first encounter is a quizzes game in which I've put in there 20, 30 questions to review some of the content. And 
they it says up on my board that they have to score a 90% or more to defeat this level. But like a video game, we can just reset, reboot. We can actually quit mid-quiz if it's like, oh man, we are not going to get there. Let's just quit, study up a little bit, and get back at it. Uh, but ultimately, they keep taking the same quiz until they get to 90%. Usually it takes two, sometimes three. Uh, beginning of the year when they don't know I'm going to throw this sort of to them, it's almost a pop quiz. Then sometimes it takes four times. It's crazy. Uh, but again, these are non-evaluative. I'm not like jotting these scores down. This is just a hurdle. And I always tell them it's a like great check for them to see where they're at with the content. Like we really want to make sure you're working with the content throughout the unit so that when you get to something like this, you are able to recall those 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 people, those places, those things, right? We want them to be able to recall the details of the unit. And this is a great way to like show them that that's going to matter. It's going to come. And the variations that I have with some of that BP, like you're like, why? What is BP for? So one example here on encounter one is I might not always put that if your group, you know, for every group that was above the BP line, the whole house, the, the 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 group of students can be off by one percent. So let's say I had that's my example I gave you a few minutes ago was that we had three groups in this class that was above the BP line. That's awesome. Congratulations to this group. Uh, that means they could score an eighty-seven and still complete this encounter. Another thing you could do is earn XP or experience points for every group over the BP line if we get past any of these encounters, right? You could put that as an encounter two bonus and encounter one bonus. Um, you can give it that it's a thousand points per uh, percentage over your required amount. So going down to 87 means if they score that 90, the house earns 3000 points. But if they get that 80, that 94 or something like that, Holy bananas, you get it. They're they're excited, they're strategizing, they're thinking, they're excited, and every bit matters. And you got that epic music playing in the background. Absolutely love it. Quizzes shows you the kind of class percentage up at the top. I strongly recommend you do that. It's it's oh so good. Oh so good. Now, before we move away from the first encounter, one of the other things I want to sort of coach you up on if you end up trying to mimic this exact boss battle setup is I strongly recommend that on the quizzes view, uh, you can have it be that there you can see the points that people are earning in the game. But again, you're not playing quizzes. You're only using it for that class average. And so one, I allow redemption questions because you want them to practice and get it that percentage higher. But two, uh, I don't show the points panel. Instead, I click the question panel and you can kind of see which questions are students are struggling on. And I actually coach them up. Like when I see some of those pop up red, I click on them. It shows me what they are. And then it doesn't show the answer. So then I ask the crowd, I'm like, oh man, like three out of five people got this question wrong. Like who knows blah, 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 read the question. And then two or three people shout out. And there are other people in this room that haven't taken that question yet. It's kind of like this group quiz a little bit. They're not allowed to talk unless I'm asking them these kind of questions. But it just produces this vibe that we're all in this together, including me. This isn't some mean-spirited thing that, you know, is just to sort of tick them off. So that's, that's, a, that's a little tip that I'd give to you. Hopefully you use it. 
All right, the second encounter. The second encounter is a beaut. I love the second encounter. This is something that I just do all the time in my class. It's the combination of content and creativity. So in the second encounter, they go to my website, and my website already got pre-linked like uh, a blank uh, Google slide for students in each group. So each group loads their blank Google slide, and I offer the activity. I say, hey, everybody, uh, today you have to make a wanted poster about somebody from China. You got seven minutes. I throw that seven minutes up, five minutes, three minutes, two minutes, whatever. You make it this pressure cooker where they have to work as a team of four or five people to build this wanted poster, fuse that content and creativity. It's got to look good. It's got to feel good. And then in this round, unlike quizzes, we don't have this thing that can kind of average out your scores. So I just tell the kids, this one I do. And we're looking for, again, a good class average. Once the time's up, I go and check every group, which I have five groups. I check every groups, uh, and I give feedback. I kind of tell them what I like about each component so that they all kind of get this idea of quality moving forward, either for future boss battles or future rounds, if this one doesn't turn out to be good enough. This is awesome because now you're taking that content and you're moving up Bloom's taxonomy. You're really making it into that analyze and create level, and I love it. So we had that quizzes, which was more that base level recall uh, and remembering. And then all of a sudden we flip that pyramid and we go all the way to the top and we do the... uh, the analyzing and creating and that's that second encounter when you feel like the class average was good enough but boom they have defeated encounter two again you can connect some bp uh situations there maybe you can give them more time maybe you can give them xp for defeating the level uh maybe Every time a group does really well, if they're above the BP line, they get XP. Even if we have to redo the level, you get XP either way. Maybe you only get the XP if you defeated the level. There's all sorts of ways uh, you can do that. Then we get to the big baddie. Uh, I apologize. This this podcast running a little long here for a solo podcast, but we're going to wrap it up here. We get to the third encounter, and this is the boss. And here, I suggest using Google Slides, I had the first encounter, second encounter, some of the bonuses pre-written on the slide. And then I get to the third encounter, and it shows kind of the boss. And it gives them the the values that our team has, because we always ally with whoever we're, we're learning about. So like, in boss battle tomorrow we're allied with the chinese because we're working with them and uh kind of the people we're against in this situation is the mongols um because that was a big (laughs) struggle uh in chinese history and you give the chinese in this case a value of health points hp and i have a student just right on the board so boom china i think in mine has 25 hp and then the mongol horde ends up with uh, i think it's like 60 hp every time our students get a question right so this time i'm just literally i got questions i'm coming up on my head i've taught this now 14 years and i'm asking group one group two group three and the group has to get the question right they can talk with each other boom when they get it right they roll a die and we take that off of the boss 
And if they get a question wrong, the boss rolls a die and does some damage to us. The boss also usually has two special abilities, and they make them stronger and better. And these special abilities could be triggered on our right answers, and they could sometimes be triggered, obviously, on the boss's turn. So it could be as simple as uh, if the boss rolls any uh, a six, it's doubled. Oof, that's 12 damage. It could be as simple as the boss... Uh, for every one and two, they get to re-roll those dice. Uh, you can make it even more challenging. For every one and two, they get to re-roll the dice and keep the total of their previous roll. Give them multiple dice. Give them multiple dice. Do the kind of risk. Um, the board game Risk gives you three dice, uh, but you're still only looking for the highest like values, so you don't add them up. It's just more opportunity to get higher value dice. I have bosses that do that. Uh, they lose items. Uh, the boss can give out items or drop items. There's a lot that can happen here, but the thing that I love about it is as they whittle this boss down and the time gets going and going and going, and if you can, I would do a little showmanship here. Try to burn some of that time. Try to make it eke out to the amount of time you've given them. Uh, so, you know, if they're far away from defeating the boss, ask those questions quickly. Get to the die roll quickly. Don't dilly-dally. Uh, but if, if you can try to like talk to him for a moment, tell him a little extra bit of fact, if they're burning through this boss too quick, uh, because I love it when it comes down to kind of the final, I'll say three minutes. That feels so close, right? When there's only three minutes left. And I have had some people that beat the boss literally in the last 10 seconds. It comes down to that last die roll. So I have to ask a question. They have to answer a question. Then we have to do the die roll and see what happens in 10 seconds. It's so epic. And here's one of the reasons why I think boss battles are just great. It's a shared victory between that epic music slogging through encounter one and encounter two and clawing their way through encounter three to defeat that boss is just so strong of a feeling and it's one that they truly had to do together because encounter one it was about the whole class average encounter two it was the whole class average and encounter three every group needs to answer those questions and like again the whole class rests on Every group being able to be at their best and bringing their best to class. It produces some highs and, and it's just so awesome to see. It's also a chance game-wise, if you have a year-long game like I do, it gives you a chance to sort of remove some items from play. So when kids lose items, I tend to take some of the weaker, older items. You're just shedding off items. You want you want there to be some churn. Uh, and so that's, that's another thing that I like about it, but ultimately it's that pride in their team and their team being their class that I'm just super proud of. So that's the whole rundown of boss battles. That's a whole lot of talking straight for what are we up to in like 20 minutes now? I so appreciate you guys being part of the well-played community. If you haven't done so already, hop on over to emc2learning.com. This is a company that is, I think, different. I do. I do. It's a community of engagement engineers, and we would love for you to be an engagement engineer. John Meehan and I started this, and we are working with talented artists and people 
and designing such awesome activities and we want you to run them in your classrooms uh you have to sort of bring some of your content to them but these are just great looking activities we'd love for you to be part of it so definitely check that out that's all i have for you this week enjoy your week and play on